But this is sermon number 20 in the book of Ruth. And this is the second time this year because somebody always ribs me that I've been in the book of Ruth a long time. And I have been. But, uh, but anyway, Ruth chapter number 4. I don't even know where I'm at in the book of Ruth. I just know I'm in chapter 4. I think I know where I'm at. Ruth chapter number 4. And uh, once again, I'm going to say this again. Some of this stuff is repetitive. But Book of Ruth is no, no doubt the most, probably the one of the most outside of Song of Solomon. It is the Cinderella story of the Bible. And uh, it's, uh, you, you want to know how to, and I've went through a lot of this stuff, you want to know how to date, that's what you want to call it, if you want to know how to court, the book of Ruth has got some pointers to all that. And of course we see that Ruth is a picture of the church, we've been seeing that all along. We've been seeing that Boaz is, is a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ. Which he is. And then it says, in, as we're coming down here, the last home stretch of the book of Ruth, Boaz has done all that he is supposed to do according to Scripture to purchase Ruth. Now, don't let that phrase, you know, that's not a very woke phrase. Uh, you talk about canceling culture. Uh, that's not, that, that kind of language does not fly well in today's society. But that's what the Bible teaches. That, that Boaz uh, purchased Ruth. And so, and listen, if you were to ask Ruth, what do you think about the woke? And just let me have a little fun for a second. What do you think about all the cancel culture, Miss Ruth? Um, what, what do you think about the woman's liberation time that took place in the 1960s. Are we doing okay? Uh, she'd have said you're out of your mind. Because uh, she was this widow lady from Moab, didn't have anything going for her way. And uh, she told Naomi at the beginning, your people will be my people, your God will be my God. And she joined herself to her mother-in-law, Naomi. We went through all of that. And she's been laboring. She's been working. And then she meets a man like Boaz, a man that loves the Lord, a man that's an entrepreneur, a man that's a businessman, a wealthy man, an honorable man, a man of integrity. And their hearts mend. And this and this book is as we're coming down to the end, Boaz is, he's been very respectable. He's been a gentleman in the whole process. Nothing has put them in a wrong, uh, low character of light whatsoever. If you were to ask Ruth, Ruth, now that you're married to, and that's what's taking place here in chapter four, now that you're married, do you have anything to say? And she would just say, He's the best thing that ever happened to me. 
That's what she would say. I mean, I was a nobody. I was a widow. I was in despair. I was destitute. And me coming in contact with Boaz and him looking my way and him loving me and providing for me and taking care of me and he purchased me and he became my kinsman redeemer. He is in the greatest, the best thing that ever happened to me. And I'm sure if we'd ask uh, Boaz, he'd probably say the same thing. You know, that's, that's what great marriages do. They complement one another. But I tell you that being in the picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, can we not honestly say tonight that we like Ruth, we were, um, we were broken and then we met the Lord and became blessed. We like Ruth was nothing more than just trash, but he gave us riches and treasure. We were nobodies, and through His grace and mercy, we became somebody in Him. We were destitute, but He gave deliverance. He saved us from poor to prosperity, spiritually speaking, if you will. Could we not say tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ has been the best thing that's ever happened to us? I mean, I was lost on my way to hell in a Christless, ungodly, heathen home. And then somebody brought the gospel to me and told me about a Savior, told me about a Lord, told me about a God that took on the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, told me about a Savior that came and took my place upon the cross and took all of my sin and nailed Him to the cross and He was buried and rose again the third day. And if you'll trust Him, if you'll believe on Him, if you'll turn to Him, He'll save you and give you eternal, everlasting life. I mean, listen, I had no peace. I had no hope. I had no joy. I I mean, I, I didn't have anything going for me whatsoever, and neither did you. But one day we met the Lord, and one day He saved us. He picked us out of that horrible pit, up out of that miry clay. He set our feet upon a solid rock. He established our goings. Look what the Lord's been doing in our lives all this time. Just the fact that you're sitting here tonight proves that there's a God in heaven that a God of a second chance. And He's not just a God of a second chance. But I know He's a God of a third chance. He's a God of a fourth chance. His mercy endureth forever according to that book. And I submit to you tonight, He he is the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm not looking for another church. I'm not looking for another Bible. I'm not looking for another religion. Are you with me? I'm not looking for another philosophy. I'm not looking for another deal. I've got everything I need and it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad He purchased me according to Acts chapter 20 verse number 28. That He purchased me with His blood. He purchased the church of God. If you've been saved and born again, you've been redeemed. You have been purchased. Look with all that in your head. Look at Ruth 4.11 and all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses. Boaz He already performed the duty of the kinsman redeemer. He knew the scriptures. He knew the the um, 
the um, the culture of the Old Testament, if you will. He knew there was someone that could redeem Ruth, and he gave him the opportunity. And basically, he said, I don't want to do with that. That's when I preached on he'll take the land, but not the lady. But if you take one, you got to take all. And so, they're all here putting this together. If you look at verse 10, Moreover, Ruth the Moabites, the wife of Malion, who is dead, of course, have I purchased to be my wife. And that's it. Once again, that's what the Lord did for us. He purchased us according to the Scriptures. He redeemed us in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sin, to raise up the name of the dead of His inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among His brethren, and from the gate of His place, your witnesses this day. So He's taking care of business here at the gate of the city. The witnesses are there. The elders are there. The man has took off his shoe, according to the book of Deuteronomy, according to the principle and he has given over his rights to Boaz that he may freely and scripturally purchase Miss Ruth. And she's not upset about it. Amen. She's, she's, she's waiting there in the wings. She's waiting on Boaz. She's waiting on the Lord. And she's seeing uh, what's been taking place. And all the people that were in the gate, verse 11, and the elders said, we are witnesses. You know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to probably, like I always do, I take side thinking. Some people call it chasing rabbits, and that might be true. But you know what, if you're, let me just give a word. I'm always jumping off to the young people in this book of the Bible because it's important, young people. You know, young people, if you're here, if you're here, you know, of course, uh, if you're not married, it doesn't matter if you're an older person or a young person, but I, I say this to the young people. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're dating, when you think you found that special someone, and you're dating, you're courting, whatever you want to call it, you know, there's people watching you. You listen to me, young men. Uh, you get your eye on some nice girl. Um, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. You should have spiritual leaders involved. Amen. Young ladies, you should have spiritual leaders involved. And if your mom and dad is not spiritual, then you need to come to pastor. Whether your mom and dad's spiritual or not, you need to have a spiritual Figure, you need to have a spiritual advisor like your pastor involved. You see, I didn't have a godly mom and dad. They didn't know A from Apple Bottle when it came to courting and dating and all all that stuff. Amen. And I had a pastor that was helping me as I went to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, going through junior high, going through high school. You know, I never did go to a prom. You know why? Because I had a pastor that put the fear of God into me. I thought if I went to a prom and took a date to a prom, God was going to kill me. <laughs> when you're in that realm and, and, and you are got your heart fixed towards somebody else, hey, listen, there's witnesses. 
there's people observing, there's people watching, and you got brothers and you got sisters and you got, you know, younger siblings. Amen. People need to hear this. Because some of our young people, you know, I've got young, you know, I've got David sitting over there. He's a young person in my home. It's not that I just preach this because I don't have a young person in my home. I probably say half of what I say because I want him to hear it. Amen. But people are watching. The younger, the, the young people before you, even your parents are watching, uh, the church is watching. Uh, you know, when you go on with your life, it's not going to be done in a secret place somewhere. I say this all the time. I don't know where I got the phrase. Lord knows I didn't make it up. I'm not smart enough for that. But uh, when you get your freedom, it's going to expose your character. You watch every young person that comes up through this church. You watch every young person that's in a family. You watch, technically, you can tag that statement to anyone when a person gets their freedom where they can go where they want to go, when they can do what they want to do with no authority and no guide and no direction over them. It will prove their character every single time. You say, why did the young person just take off after the girl and leave mom and dad and leave everything and didn't listen to the spiritual leaders, didn't listen to a godly set of mom and dad and just took off? Because that was in their heart. Their freedom got reproved their character. Let me go on. And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are the witnesses, and the Lord make the woman that is come unto thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which too did build the house of Israel, and to do worthily in Ephraim and be famous in Bethlehem. Now, isn't that a great verse? Matter of fact, the last time that Ruth is called the Moabitess is in verse 10 before being purchased in the process of being uh, purchased and bought by Boaz. But never again in this scripture, and never again throughout the word of God, is she referred to as Ruth the Moabitess, because she becomes Boaz's Boaz's wife. And matter of fact, uh, I mean, all through the book, it was a tag, Ruth the Moabitess, and which is, is not good because the Moabite people were uh, evil people, wicked people, and to have that stigma and to have that tag was degrading. I'm glad that Lord, the Lord takes people that has a tag. Amen. That's good. You say, well, that person's got a lot of baggage, Brother Gibson. I get it. The Lord's got enough strength to take people Amen. with baggage. You say, you don't understand that person. You know, you're witnessing to that individual. You just don't understand. If you knew who you was talking to. Yeah, but I know who I'm telling them about. I know who I'm telling them about. The one that can save. The one that can redeem. The one that can take them and change their life completely. 
And the Lord make the woman, here's what the, the people are saying, the elders are saying, the, they're putting a blessing upon Boaz, they're putting a blessing upon Ruth. They said, the Lord make the woman that is coming to thine house like Rachel and like Leah. That's J, that's, these are the mothers of the twelve tribes of Israel. These are the mothers of the patriarchs. Are you getting this? All of a sudden she's Ruth the Moabitess and now they're putting her name up there with Rachel and Leah. Leah that that brought um, Reuben into the world, Jacob's firstborn. Israel's firstborn. Leah that brought Judah into the world. The lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Rachel that brought Joseph the strongest type and the strongest picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and all the word of God brought him into the world and, and Benjamin and now because of Boaz her name is moved up the scale her name went quickly up the ladder up there with Rachel and Leah well that's a big leap that's a big jump. And I'm going to tell you something. When you got saved and you got born again, your name took a big leap. Your name took a big jump too. Amen. And your name was recorded in what we, the Bible calls the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. It wasn't worthy to be in there. Our names are not even worthy to be spoken in heaven, let alone written down in a book. I tell you, the moment you got saved, you and I took a big leap in the Lord's family as well. Because he purchased us with his own blood. Also, the blessing here is the Lord make the woman that is coming to thy house like Rachel and Leah, which too did build the house of Israel, which as we know are the twelve tribes of Israel. And, and do thou worthily in Ephraim and be famous in Bethlehem. So the blessing here is, hey, may Ruth also, may you, may Boaz and Ruth be multiplied, have a family, have children, as, as the old scripture says, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That was their blessing. May you marry Ruth. And she'd be like Rachel, she'd be like Leah, and be fruitful and multiply. I don't want to go back on that other stuff like I did last time. I'm going to move on. Talking about the doggy thing. Y'all remember that? Yeah. This says in verse number, let me look at my notes, make sure I'm not skipping over anything. Um, I want you to see the the, the four the, there's four phrases here in in our little bit of our text. It kind of just jumps out at you a little bit. Verse eleven it says, "The Lord make the woman." You see that? Look at verse number twelve. And let thy house still here's the blessing of the elders and the witnesses. And let the house be like the house of Pharaoh, whom Tamar bare unto Judah. Now Judah came from uh, Leah's side there with Jacob. 
And as you know, we're not going to preach through that, but you can go back to Genesis 38 and see all these things. How all that deception with Judah and Tabor, all that sinfulness and all that wickedness, and yet God somehow blessed all that. I don't understand all that. And Pharaoh's, whom Tamar bare unto Judah, of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of, of this young woman. So you have, you have Leah, and you have uh, Judah that she bore, and then uh, Judah, he, you know, goes uh, there uh, with Tamar in that whoredom situation. And that's how Pharaoh was born. You say, what's so significant about that? Well, I'll get ahead of the, of the deal, but look at verse 18. These are the generations of Pharaoh. Didn't say these are the generations of Judah, but Pharaoh came from Judah. These are the generations of Pharaoh. Pharaoh beget Hezron. Hezron beget Ram. Ram beget Abinadab. Abinadab beget Nashon. Nashon beget Salmon. Solomon begat Boaz. Boaz begat Obed. Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David. And if you cross that over to Matthew chapter 1, you see that all the way down through the lineage of Mary and Joseph to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is called the son of David. So that right there is a messianic line of Jesus Christ. And just not meaning to get ahead of myself, but Ruth and Boaz had that child Obed. And Obed later on begets Jesse, and Jesse begets David, who's the king of Israel, the son of, son of uh, Jesus Christ, the son of David. So that's God using this Gentile woman for the messianic line of Christ. This is not a long period of time in our Bible. Maybe less than six months all this takes place. Just a few are you just a few moments ago? She's just an outcast. She just destitute, Ruth the Moabite. Did not have any children with Milion. Not knowing where she's going, don't have any guide, don't have any directions other than following Naomi. But a few months later, not even a year later, she's wed, she's married to Boaz. They're going to have a child, and that puts her, that pulls her right into the messianic line of Jesus Christ. Tell me something. Isn't the grace of God amazing? Take a take a woman like that, a, a nobody like that, and pull her right into the messianic line of Jesus Christ. And not only that, but her name gets recorded in both testaments. You read that over in Matthew chapter one. She's right there. What what grace. What grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. 
You're talking about, you know, we talked about the grace, what it is. It's the unmerited favor of God. And that's exactly what she got was poured out by God, His wonderful matchless grace. And getting a little bit ahead of myself, but she sat. She's not going to have to walk for nothing for the rest of her days. She's got great security in a man by the name of Boaz. She's got great peace. She's got great love. She's got great protection. She's got great provision. And that's exactly what we got. I think sometimes we lose sight of what we got in Jesus. You realize, Brother Chris, I couldn't go to hell tonight if I wanted to? I mean, that's how eternal secure we are. I, I couldn't go to hell if I wanted to. I mean, I wouldn't want to, but if I wanted to, I couldn't even do it. That's how secure we are. He has saved us. He keeps us by His own strength, by His own ability, by His own word, by His own power. I don't have Him. He's got me. There's not a person in this room that deserves any of that. The Lord make the woman. Look at this phrase real quick. It says in verse 11, The Lord make the woman. Verse 12, The Lord shall give thee of this young woman. Verse 13, So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And then he went in unto her. The Lord gave conception, and she bare a son. You see that? And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord. You see this, the, the, the phrase the Lord is 15 times in the book of Ruth. And most of the time, it's followed with action. Like here, it's followed with the Lord make, the Lord give, the Lord gave, the Lord blessed. And on and on it goes. You know, you know what that speaks to me? The Lord is active in our life. You may not think He's active. Maybe the devil has got you thinking the Lord doesn't care about you. He's not, he's not guiding you, leading you, directing you. I'm telling you the Lord is, is active in your life more than you know. We're going to find out one day when we get to heaven how active He was in our life. How He kept us from things. How He didn't let us falter. How He didn't let us fail. Fail. I know we fail and falter all the time, but I'm, I'm talking about miserably fail and falter. Well, you just to the point, you just don't see any of us anymore. The Lord is actively involved. I've quoted this verse many times, but the psalmist said, Though I am poor and needy, Yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Amen. That's a great verse. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I quote, that, I quote that verse to those bus kids all the time. Because I'm going to tell you something, Brother Paul. It's kind of, it's kind of folks we're dealing with. Aren't we? Brother Steve, poor and needy. Most people in America are not going to say that's them. If you're lost, that's you. 
You, you can have it all, have all the money, everything you have in the world. But if you're poor, listen, if you're not saved, you're poor and needy. That book says you're poor, wretched, miserable, and blind. If you're not saved. But that's who we deal with on Saturdays and Sundays, going out here to these places and picking up boys and girls and bringing them in and telling them about Jesus. And sometimes they'll say, you, you, you ought to come back here sometime and listen to the prayer request. You ought to listen to some of the prayer requests that we hear back here. Pray for my daddy. He's in jail again. Right, Brother Paul? Pray for my mom. She's in jail again. They say that. And I'm glad some of our church children are there to hear that. Because they need to understand. Listen, listen. Not everybody's mom and dad, son. Not everybody's mom and dad brings them to church. Not everybody's mom and dad gets them dressed and ready and come to the house of God Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. There's, there's children within few minutes of here that's poor and needy. But I'll tell you what's an amazing thing. The Lord thinks about them every day. Thinks about them every day. And I'll tell you something else. He thinks about you and I every day. How much time do we spend thinking about Him? He's not poor. He's not needy. He said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't even tell you. Huh? Isn't that what He said? Yet He thinks about us. He's involved is what I'm saying. The Lord makes, the Lord gives, the Lord blesses. He's involved in our life. Let me ask you, how much are you involved in His life? How much are we trying to bless Him? How much are we trying to give to Him? How much are we trying to do for Him? It says in verse 14, well, let me go back to verse 13. He says, um, so when the blessings came from the elders and from the witnesses, and they blessed and Ruth and Boaz, then when he got to go ahead, verse 13, so Boaz took Ruth. Now I'm going to give you a little side note right there. That word took actually means take away. When I got married to my wife, I took her away. Amen? I took her from her home and brought her into my home. Anybody getting this? Yes, sir. Right. One day, the Lord's coming again. Yep. And according to that book, First Thessalonians chapter 4, the Lord Himself shall de- descend from heaven yep. with a shout, with a voice of the archangel of God, and the trump of God shall sound. Right? right? 
And the Bible says we're going to be caught up. One of these days he's going to come for his bride. One of these days he's going to come and take us, Brother Simon. And he's going to take us out of this world and he's going to take us to that world. He's going to take us out of this home and he's going to take us to that home. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And he has every right because he purchased us. So Boaz took Ruth. It's hard not to spiritualize the passage. And so Boaz took Ruth. And she was his wife. And when he went unto her, the Lord gave her conception. And she bare a son. You know, they talk about updating the language of the King James Bible. I would hate to update that verse to today's vernacular. Isn't the Bible a gentleman? Isn't the Holy Ghost a perfect gentleman? But I want you to note something right here. It's hard for me not to, to go on from this. But that verse right there, young people, listen. Those of you that are single, that is God's divine order. You look at it, that's God's divine order. You look at it again. Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. He paid the price. He got the blessing from the elders. He got the blessing from the witnesses. He got everything squared away scripturally. Amen. And then there was an authority where he took as for his wife. And then the Bible says, when he went in unto her and the Lord gave her conception, she bare a son. Listen, young people, that is God's divine order. And I know that there's some of you in here that got it out of order and, and it's haunting you for all these years. You need to understand this. You need to confess that thing to the Lord. Give it to the Lord and don't let the devil hold that over your head and you lose victory for the rest of your life. But listen, young people, that verse right there is God's divine order. Amen. You say, what are you trying to say? Listen, it, it, is, it is marriage. Surely I don't have to say husband and wife. Surely I don't have to say male and female. That goes without saying. It's husband and wife. It's, it's man and woman. And then there's a coming together. And then there's a conception. And then there's children. Now that's, that's basic, isn't it? But that's God's divine order. And you get it out of order, God ain't going to bless it. That book says in Hebrews chapter 13 that marriage is honorable in all, but whoremongers and adulteresses, God will judge. Amen. That's God's divine order. So Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. And he went in unto her and the Lord gave her conception and she bare a son. And we know, not just from this verse, but we know all the way back through Genesis and we know all the way through the scriptures with John the Baptist and you can run it all through scripture. We know that it is the Lord that opens and closes the womb. It is the Lord that gives children. We know that the Bible says, Lo, children are an inheritance of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. Amen. I think we've kind of lost that in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. 
We've kind of lost that. I think today's society says these kids are a burden instead of a blessing. My six kids are not a burden to me. My six kids was never, are you listening? Where's my other child? Right there? Are you listening? You never was a burden to your mom and dad. Is it easy raising people? No. But it's not a burden because the Lord gave us you. And they're a blessing. Amen. If you train up a child in the way it should go, hey, hey, you teach them the Word of God, you try to put principles of the Word of God in them, hey, they'll be a blessing to you. Amen. Let me just end with this. Because if you had this illustration, you'd tell it too. My daughter that got married five months ago, what a blessing. Amen. One of the, one of the best days of my life. It's one. It's in the top five. One of the best days of my life was watching my daughter get married in this church five months ago. And you heard me talk about the spiritual advisors. You heard me talk about, you know, all those kind of things. And I'm telling you, and I still marvel, I still say it. If I think, if I think about long enough, I'll shed tears. But how both parents, are you listening? This, is, this stuff is so important. How both parents on both sides lined up perfectly. No animosity. No strife. No, I can't describe, it's hard to describe it because it's so wonderful, it's so sweet. No cross word. Not just both sets of parents, but both pastors on both sides. Not just both pairs, but both churches on both sides. Even down to their friends and grandparents on both sides. The blessing of God was just all over it. And they did things right. They listened to their mom and dads. They listened to their pastors. They listened to their elders, if you will. They listened to their witnesses, if you will. And right now, they are just reaping so much benefits. They got married. And you know what? It's up to the Lord if He's going to bless them with children or not. But I tell you, because they didn't do all the worldly stuff first... They didn't do all the filth and sin first. They didn't act like husband and wife before they were married. Are you with me? But now that they're married, honey, it's Katie bar the door. Are we all right? Because that's God's way. And that's God's divine order. 
And I'll tell you, listen, we got to quit. I say this all the time because we try to warn our young people. We got to quit getting our philosophies from the world. And just figuring it out the way we want to. Don't have any God, don't have any help, don't have any teaching, no training. And just do our things our way and that's it. And then it's none of nobody's business. And I tell you, you'll make a mess of things. Amen. Make a mess. Boaz and Ruth was a perfect example of all that. And then when it came time, he took his wife and the Lord blessed and gave him a child and his name in the chapter is Obed. Which means a worshiper of God. What a name. A great name's rather been chosen than great riches. Man's name is Obed. Because he's, they're going to teach him how to worship God. And that's what we are to be doing. It gets me right back to my Sunday school lesson I've been teaching into the main auditorium for the past few months. Our lives need to be in a worship. God saved us so we can worship Him. God put Ruth and Boaz together for His honor and for His glory.